Shady Pines Radio. Welcome back to another fine episode of Everything and Nothing on the Shady Pines Radio Network. I'm your host, Chris, and this is my co-host, Charlie. I'm Charlie. And we're bringing to you another fine hour of whatever wonky shit comes into our heads today. Welcome to another fun episode of Everything and Nothing. This week's special guest is Amanda Lynn Deal. She's a Portland comedian. As far as I've known her, we discussed, uh, in fact, she did not start here. We talk about all kinds of fun travel stories, why nobody should ever own a goddamn van to live in, even if you're Chris Farley. Uh, We're also going to talk about a dog you can't see for a lot of this show because it's fucking adorable and it's your fault if you didn't watch us on Twitch. Ladies and gentlemen, stick around. Check out the whole thing after this. Hey, Shady Pines Radio listener. Thanks for listening. We've got a lot of great shows, but I know you're thinking, Hey, there's no way I could listen to previous shows whenever I want to. Right? No, you can't. Don't even try. Well, hold on, Riker, because a lot of DJs got archiving now through Mixcloud and various sites. Click on your favorite shows through the Shady Pines Radio schedule found both on the website and the app to find links to previous shows and information about the... Over 30 shows now have links to previous sets and more is to come. We're putting this together ground floor, so click around and click on donate if you can spare it. We'd appreciate it. ShadyPinesRadio.com Hey, DJ Rat Bainbow here. Tune in on Saturday, November 28th at 8pm PST for Cruise Wave Vapor Synth. Origins. A special edition of Cruise Wave Vapor Synth dedicated to music from the 70s and 80s that paved the way for all of the waves. It paved the way for Vapor Wave, Synth Wave, Chill Wave, Dark Wave, Goth Wave, Pop Wave, Mall Wave, Simpsons Wave, Dragon Ball Wave, all of the waves. That's Saturday, November 28th at 8 p.m. PST. Only. On Shady Pines Radio. Have fun. <laughs> like Slinky from Toy Story. Yeah, legit. Like there's times where she like doesn't know what her ass is doing, and <laughs> it'll like fall over <laughs> her or behind her. She's like, what? Like she forgets how long she is. <laughs> I always like that about animals is like they're totally first for like I guess because it's all subconscious they're t- just kind of like totally forget about their rear half like specifically like tails mm-hmm. like walking around just like hey, oh hey what's up it's like thunk, 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 thunk. just <laughs> knocking everything off the table and like my cousins and like my aunt and uncle have had dogs for like the last 15 years and they still have like a coffee table and they just put all kinds of drinks on it and the dogs, the tails are the exact height. And I'm like, just get a taller coffee table. <laughs> it yeah. would seem to be, yeah. I mean, or 
like or get some shorter dogs. Yeah, get some shorter mm. dogs. Get some corgis or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I, I would definitely if I could pick any dog, I'd pick a corgi. Mm. So that cute. is the, the puppies are stupid cute. My I... neighbor just got a corgi puppy, and their ears are like giant. Oh no! And their feet, and then they're just long and like little. They're very cute. <laughs> very cute. <laughs> I, uh, I took care of a corgi, <laughs> not quite a puppy, like a two-year-old corgi. Like I would house sit and she would like just come and like just adore. Like I would sit in their chair and like be watching TV or whatever. And she would come and just lay herself down right and like let me warm my feet on her belly. And I'm like, oh my Aww. God. Like, What's going on Aww. over here? Oh, oh. Well, heck, welcome to another fine episode <laughs> of Everything and Nothing, everybody. Today's special guest is Amanda Lynn Deal and her adorable popper Astra. I'm Chris. And this is Charlie. Uh, Charlie. Oh man, Amanda. Uh, so we, I know you from comedy, um, and one of the things I do like to ask is, how did you even get into that though? Because there's usually a weird. Like something had to have happened that went terribly wrong for people to decide to get on a stage and say all the stupid mm-hmm. shit we do. Mm-hmm. So what's the terrible thing that happened to me? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, well, I was homeschooled and I grew up very religious. Um, and I was always, oh, hello. She's going to take over. Yep. Excuse me. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> her in the frame. She's cute. Um yeah, so I was always just kind of a goofy kid, uh, and I had a lot of siblings, so I was usually the one that they would, like, trick, not even really trick, I was, like, very on board with, like, dressing up stupid or doing prank phone calls, and just <laughs> making a fool of myself in public. They're like, you do it, and I was like, okay, because I wanted to impress them, I guess, and I just liked doing that. Um, so, yeah, I always was, like, really in love with comedy, movies, and shows, and Lucille Ball is a huge influence of mine. I Love Lucy was something I was allowed to watch, so I watched all of it. Um, and she's just, like, an awesome pioneer for women and just comedy in general for, uh, interracial couples and even just showing and talking about pregnancy on television that wasn't allowed when she was doing her show. Uh, but she pretty much did whatever she wanted, which is pretty fucking cool. Um, so she was the a dream. big influence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she was like intense. Like they were like, all right, so we want you to do this show. It was a radio show. I love Lucy. She had like obviously some white dude playing her husband. She's like, yeah, I'm only gonna do it if my husband plays my husband. They're like, oh, the musician. She's like, yep. They're like, oh. She's like, yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like she was like, no, fuck that guy. He's not important. It wasn't like a, I don't know. He wasn't a famous person that was playing her husband in the radio show. So that's probably why she got away with it. Um, but yeah, she just kind of made her own rules and she was the first CEO of the television company, first female CEO. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. She was just like, like life goals. Like, oh man, I'd love to just do whatever I want and be funny. And one thing I really enjoyed about her too, which I really related to as a goofy child, was that she said she felt way more beautiful when she was dressed up in ridiculous characters playing like men or just like homeless people or just like thugs or whatever, like just being not herself than when Hollywood tried to make her like a glamorous, glamorous. Yeah. So I relate to that. Uh, I have more fun when I look ridiculous for sure. 
because uh, when you're like dressed all pretty, you have to like be so careful. I mean, mm-hmm. you're just like a weird character. It's like, it doesn't matter how stupid you look and you can convince people you're not you and that's the best. Uh, there's something about like uh, people not knowing who you are. They've done like studies to people who wear like mascot costumes or are dressed up when like full get up are like way more confident because no one knows who you are. So you're like way more empowered to just be ridiculous. Oh yeah. I definitely feel that. Um, so I got into like improv in Chicago. I moved there because I was like, I want to try comedy. Um, so I did yeah. Second City and I did wow. improv and that was scary, but it was also like, you get on stage, you look stupid in front of all these people. You're like, we're friends now, right? Like we don't have <laughs> anything to hide <laughs> from each other. So those are like my first group of friends. Um, stand-up was a lot scarier because stand-up is like not really character driven unless that's your whole thing. You could be like an alt character comic um, or you could just be yourself or a version of yourself that maybe you wish you were. And I feel like I kind of created a persona almost on accident of just being yeah. kind of like a like a loud, angry person when in real life, I feel like people know me as like being huggy and like a hippie or some shit. And then I get on stage and I'm like, suck my dick. So it's like <laughs> very different. Uh, I've definitely like almost scared some people who are like, wow, your comedy's uh, a lot different. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Man, that's one of those things I keep trying to do. Cause at one point Adam Posse had pulled me aside and uh, we were very drunk. And he attempted to give me advice as to how to be a better comedian. And the best way he could phrase it was, you sound like a dude who's trying to sound funny. Like, finding your (laughs) voice when you're on stage is, like, the hardest thing for me. And I think it's, I've been talking with my therapist about it. And I just, I do have a very weak sense of self. And it's just because of how I grew up, you know, and then... Really, I haven't had any relationships that didn't reinforce the idea of just giving pieces of myself away to other people. <laughs> so, you know, slowly but surely we're getting better. And I'm hoping that that means my comedy will get better. <laughs> yeah. Therapy's a huge thing. I, I think there's like this myth that people like really believe in that if you're like a, a tortured artist who's like an alcoholic or a drug addict or doesn't go to therapy because they're edgy and they hate their parents that like you're really good and if you fix yourself you're gonna lose that and I think that's such bullshit that that's like an idea that we all buy into I was scared to go to therapy I was scared to stop yeah. drinking I was scared to do a lot of stuff because I was like I'm gonna lose my edge and I'm like mm. maybe it's better if like those things are removed like I'm a healthy happy person who's taking care of my shit and then I can be this persona on stage as kind of a release from that like calm that I'm you know, cultivating in my real life, as opposed to like, I am just chaos. That's probably not healthy. <laughs> Less great. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I didn't realize how much of my drinking was comedy based though, until mm. a pandemic hit. Cause mm. now that I'm not going out to open mics and feeling like I have to buy a drink to support the bar, I drink maybe once a week, once every other yeah. week. And by once, I mean like a beer, maybe two. Whereas before it was, you know, go to four different bars in a night, buy a drink <laughs> on it at each one, make my way back home, do that five nights a week. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's like, I mean, working in a kitchen, uh, I mean, 
you know, my friends could attest to this. Like almost every night we close, like, okay, let's, let's go to the bar before they close. Like we need to get out of here, hit last call. And then like, uh, we'd have a few beers or shots or whatever. And they're like, well, why don't we like go to the store and get more beers before they stop like selling beer and then like head back. And like, before we know it, it's like four in the morning and it's like, I, <laughs> I've wasted all my money, more money than I made today. And it's only because like <clears throat> I'm around people who like are around beer all the time. Like we're all around beer all the time. I'm just like, let's drink. We got to drink. And it's like now that like I don't live anywhere close to where I work. I'm like, no, I'm just going to drive home. It's a 25 minute drive. I'm not drinking tonight. So it's not about like removing yourself from that situation. Like, Yeah, it's just weird to have the apocalypse make me into a better person, that's all. (laughs) Yeah, and that's a good thing. I've been trying to use this time to get more focused on myself. Like, I've been going back to therapy. I've been, like, doing more yoga, things like that. Um, But, yeah, I was definitely, like, working in the service industry and doing comedy. So I was in a bar every night of my life. And then I was babysitting hungover. And I love kids, but they're not fun when you're hungover. (laughs) That's why... Not a mom. <laughs> I feel I'm like nobody's <laughs> fun when you're hungover. No. No. Maybe it's just like a quiet person who's also hungover is fun because you're in the same boat. <laughs> Literally no one else is fun. <laughs> but then yeah, you're, if, you're with, <laughs> if you're with someone else who's hungover, you know what you're going to end up doing is just drinking again. So it's yeah. perpetuating. Yeah. yeah. You're like, let's just end this by getting back into it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hair the dog. Hair the dog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was doing comedy in Chicago, there was like at least five mics every night. So you could go, you could try it at all of them, depends on what neighborhood you were in. But bars were open till 4 a.m. And on Saturdays, 4 a.m. bars were 5 a.m. bars, which is, that shouldn't be a thing. Um, and so it was like staying out to four or five some nights and then going home and sleeping a handful of hours and being a hungover server by day and drunk comedian by night, which is like being the most fun, but the most disappointing superhero ever. So that's like all I was doing <laughs> in my life. Pretty exciting. <laughs> well, I mean, now we get to figure out what's next because the world went to hell and so we get a redo. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's true. It's such a social thing too, drinking like with your coworkers or your yeah. comedy colleagues. It's such an easy way to get to know people and to like blow off steam and to get comfortable. So it makes sense. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I like got sick of drinking during quarantine. I'd say the first couple months, me and my boyfriend were like, fuck yeah, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Let's do this. And then like two or three months in, we were like, ah, we're going to die. Like we're unsupervised <laughs> constantly. We should probably stop. Uh, so around uh, end of summer is when we were like, hey, you know, it's time to figure this out real quick. <laughs> Those were days. <laughs> Not yeah. good days, necessarily. Just days. But, yeah, but certainly an experience. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm almost 30 now. So I'm like, I am glad that I've got so much dumb shit out in my 20s. And I'll still be dumb sometimes in my 30s, but I'll have been like, no, I tried that, and it's awful, actually. So, no thanks. Or, it was fun when I was 25. Now it'll kill me, so no thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I just turned 30, and, like, I'm already, like, kind of feeling like my body just deteriorate <laughs> underneath. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, like, right now, all I'm doing is, like, I go to work for, like, five hours a day, 
and then I'm like streaming or we're doing this or I'm working on the computer. So I was like, I'm not doing anything else. And I'm just like wasting away. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to... 30 uh, sucks. Uh, uh, I'm on the fence about it. <laughs> For some reason, I was always excited to turn 30 when I was a kid. I was like, I feel like I'll have a kid <laughs> together when I'm 30. And I don't know if that's true. Like I'll still be four uh, because of all this happening. I'll blame it on the pandemic. You can sure. just blame everything on COVID now, which is great. Yeah. Like, I'm poor, but COVID. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm tired all the time. COVID. No, I'm just, I, I, there's nothing to do. Um, yeah, I think I'll have more sh- my shit together in the sense of, like, life experiences and, like, therapy and stuff like that. Uh, so, I guess just, like, wiser. Sure. Yeah. Was therapy a, a fairly new thing for you? Um, I've dabbled a few times before. <laughs> I had a terrible one that turned me off to it for a while. She was just like, seems like she was burned out. Whenever you have like a teacher or a doctor or a therapist, someone who's like supposed to help you and teach you things and guide you in a direction, uh, who's burned the fuck out. It's so hard to like feel comfortable to try that again. I've had doctors that don't care. I've had teachers that don't give a shit. I had a comedy teacher that was so depressed and hated comedy. It was very funny, but very sad. It was like, damn bitch, you need to like get out. Like she, yeah, she hated it, which made me drop out of like the writing comedy classes in Second City. Cause I was like, I don't really want to teach from someone who's just like, fuck you, all your jokes are the same. But now I've been doing comedy and going to open mics enough times that part of me is like, fuck you, you're all doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I get it. Uh, <laughs> A little bit. But yeah, my first therapist was not great. My second one, I really enjoyed her, but my insurance dropped me. So they didn't tell me. So I got a bill for like over a thousand dollars for oh, shit. Like wow. dentist appointments. Yeah. So they're like, well, we don't take it to collections. I was like, cool, I'm just never going to pay you. So I, I ghosted them, um, which made me very depressed that I owed so much money for therapy, but there's no one I could afford to talk to about it. So that sucked. <laughs> <It's> 22. <laughs> like, so oh, you got a dog. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you all my problems. Like she's a therapy doc. She's licensed to listen to my problems. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and then after quarantine, uh, my boyfriend goes to therapy, which is awesome. That was like a big, oh, thank God. Like someone who's, I didn't have to convince to do it because I've had to convince other people to do it. And then I've like had that lie of like, I'm stable enough. And then I do crazy shit and I'm like, ugh, girl. It's, I think that's such a harmful thought to be like, I'm not crazy. I don't need therapy. That's kind of how I was raised with religion. You don't have to be crazy. Everybody needs therapy. Everybody needs to like have a third party person that's not their family or their friends they can talk to. That's almost like a mirror for them. Because a lot of times they are just guiding you towards your things you know. Sometimes they're blowing your mind on shit you didn't even think about. So either way, it's it's important. Um, So yeah, I did a lot of research and during uh, quarantine, everyone needed therapy which is fair i think a lot of people came to that conclusion and so a lot of therapists ghosted me which was rude like if i do it it's fine but if they <laughs> isn't that always how it goes if i do it there's a reason if you do it you're a bitch um <laughs> so i had a really hard time with that also depressing i had no one to talk to about it so eventually i got an email back from a therapist and we had our first one-on-one and he's awesome I was like worried about having a male therapist because I was like, I don't know, I feel more comfortable talking to women. But then I was like, wait, I pay this dude to shut the fuck up and listen to me for an hour? That's pretty cool. I think I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so he's so, great. I like him a lot. 
that's actually something we're worried about here because the therapist I have now retires at the end of next week. Um, what? She's like a 70-year-old lesbian lady. It's great. Um, yeah, she's like, I did my service. Yep, she's like, <laughs> and I'm out. And so from her, she she has a, a dude she's been consulting with about me anytime I mention comedy things or anime because he goes to Harvey's and he watches that shit. So... Uh-huh. <laughs> that way I don't have to explain everything. She's like, no, no, no. I'll ask Chuck later. It's fine. Keep going. <laughs> uh, nice. But that means that my next therapist is going to be a guy. And I very mm. specifically have a hard time like establishing relationships with men. So this mm. is going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. But these are men who are like trained to be kind and listen. <laughs> you know, they're not like a dude in the wild at a bar. It's good. They like, should have, were you gay or something? <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's not true. some bro. It's important <laughs> to remember. I was scared it was going to be some douchebag. I'm like, no, man, it's not an open mic. It's like yeah. <laughs> this guy went to school <laughs> to be chill. <laughs> Everywhere is an but open mic. Know. You should know this. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I don't try to, but sometimes I try to make my therapist laugh. Like it's not, you know, I'm not there to be funny, but every once in a while, if I get him, I'm like, nice. All right. Yeah. Look at it. <laughs> One time uh, I was having my therapy session. I do it over Zoom or whatever. And my dog was sitting in my lap. And I was like, uh, my coffee pot is making weird noise. Can I go check? Make sure it's not like spilling everywhere. He's like, yeah, no problem. So I leave and I come back and he's laughing. And I was like, what? He's like, your dog was just staring in the screen. And I wanted to so badly start asking your dog questions because I thought that you would think it's funny. But I didn't know if you had headphones in. And then it'd feel really weird if I was just, like, talking to your dog. And I was like, I don't know. I backed out. And I was like, dude, that would have been hilarious. So then I started, like, doing an impression of my dog. And, like, I have a lot of problems. He's a lot of anxiety. My mom leaves the house. Why should she bring over all these dudes that are my dad? And I'm like, Astra! <laughs> <laughs> and he loved it. I was like, yeah, it's fine. I just scared the shit out of her. <laughs> like, I didn't do anything. <laughs> She's a good kid. Then sometimes she pretends to throw the ball and then she doesn't really Yeah, throw. right? I have a lot of trust issues with that bit. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes she'll bring the ball to me and I'll throw it and she'll be like, excuse me. Like, she's mad about it. Like, no, I was just hanging out on the couch with you. You didn't even fucking throw it. And then she'll go get it and be like, I'm sitting on the other couch. And I'm like, all right, well, that's weird, but okay. Because <laughs> we're not playing fetch. <laughs> Oh my Lanta, she's such a cutie. Oh my god. She is. I love it. She's got her like floppy ear and her sticky up ear. When she first wakes up, they're like both droopy though. She has to like turn them on. (laughs) 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 It's cute. (laughs) She's a gaber. Now, I know that you're also uh, doing a sobriety thing, which a lot of people do for November, but I understand you've been doing for a lot longer than that. Is that a pre-COVID thing or a since-COVID thing? <laughs> I don't know if you saw my face when you said that. Uh, I was just like, ugh. Uh, I, I did sober October. I went 15 days. Uh, and then I was, like, drinking mindfully. Like, I drank a couple times to celebrate, and then I would, like, have a glass of wine at night. Um, taking at least 15 days off was good though. Cause that initial like 
it's like trying to figure out like what is your actual brain and what's your addict brain because it's so easy to be like I should have a drink I had a hard day and it's like do you really need a drink or is that just like I don't know how else to deal with tough emotions and have alcohol yeah for me it was trying to separate am I doing this because I want to celebrate or am I like using the celebration as an excuse to get fucking wasted and make a fool of myself (laughs) it's like what's the actual thing going on here um yeah that was that was definitely a tough one there's a lot of things I didn't realize that like I kind of I used alcohol for and I realized I'm a very sense I've always known I'm a very sensitive person but I think like after doing comedy and like being a bartender you like have to be kind of tough especially if you're like a lady in comedy or you're a bartender and there's gross dudes or whatever you just have to kind of like be a little bit tougher of a person so to like just be sober and alone with my thoughts it was like even people would like look at me weird and I'm like "Ah," like I was just like so (laughs) not as strong as I thought I was. And I was like, oh, I think I've also been like using alcohol as a way to like not feel things. And it's like, you have like two drinks to feel better. And then by the third drink, it's like, eh. and by the fourth drink, it's like, I, I'm crying. And I'm like, okay. So I go from like feeling nothing to things and now it's worse. Um, so I've just been like, just trying to be mindful of that. Yeah. Like, okay, I had a drink. I feel good. Do I want another one? can have one more and I'm going to go to bed instead of being like I'm just going to drink until I pass out it's like okay well that's not really necessary no one needs to do that and one thing I've been trying to remind myself too from therapy and from cutting back on alcohol and try and like give gifts to my future self so if I don't want to do a chore today because it fucking sucks and the dishes are gross and I'm just tired and I don't want to think about it it's like, yeah, but I'm not going to want to br- make breakfast tomorrow if all the dishes are dirty. So I just do it now. And then that's a gift I give to future Amanda. So when she wakes up, she's like, fuck yeah. And I can just make breakfast and then go on with my day. So trying to like do nice things for me in the future is a nice incentive because it's easy to be like, well, present me says this fucking sucks. It's like, yeah, but future you is really going to enjoy that, isn't she? <laughs> so yeah, just got to be nice to yourself. That's the hardest thing. Like forgiveness yourself is something I struggle with a lot. Yeah. Like I'm I'm very trained to taking care of other people. Mm-hmm. Um but doing things like that, like finding things to do to make me feel comfortable is so removed from any of my thought processes. Just because I'm always like, "Oh no, I can just think about this other person instead." And at some point my therapist is like, cool, so when are we going to start working on that bit? When are we, when are we going to make you treat yourself like you treat other people? Huh? And I'm like, that? Never? And she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely struggle with that. It's easier for me to take care of someone else than myself. But that's, uh, you got to talk to yourself like as if you were your best friend. My best friend told me that, which is nice. So if you're like, God damn it, Amanda, you fucked up again. It's like, would I say that to my best friend? Like, no. I would be like, hey, it's cool. Like, just try again tomorrow. It's okay. At least you did this. You know, that's one thing you did. I would like make a list of things to do on my day off. And I would do like five out of 10 and I'd be fucking pissed. And I'd be like, you still did five things that needed to get done. Like, you should celebrate that instead of being angry about the five things you didn't get to do today. Yeah, because you could have done nothing. Yeah, I could have. And I, I treat myself like I did nothing. Like, I'm lazy. And I'm like, damn, bitch, like, relax. 
So I try and like break it down doing like one thing every day on that list instead of like on my one day off, instead of relaxing, I'm going to stress the fuck out with this giant list of shit. And if I don't fucking do all of it, like, <laughs> it's like, that's insanity. You don't do that to yourself. It's crazy. I would never do that to my friend or family member. Just to be like, here's your list. You don't do it. I fucking hate you. <laughs> it's psychotic. <laughs> It's not how you talk to your friends. No, damn it. I'm. I, uh, I'm sorry, Charlie. I should probably work on this. <laughs> Unless you're fucking around, you know that's different. All those rules no, yeah. go out the window if you're just joshing them. The, there was a point where it's like, I think when I was like 25, 26, where I was like, I was working with a bunch of just kind of dicks in the service industry, like people who were just like they don't. You know, they're just running around. They're just trying to make money. They don't care about your feelings. And I would just be like, oh, he said I was mean. And like, oh, I'm just like, it's like, and the thing, the problem was I would talk to myself that same way and I would just internalize it. I'm like, yeah, you, you are stupid, Charlie. God, why would you? And then like, <laughs> so you, yeah, you do need to be your own best friend kind of, kind of thing. Yeah. You just support yourself. Cause yeah, whether you like it or not. And that, that was one good yeah. thing I did learn in the kitchen is like, like no one is going to come to save you. So you have to like, you know, be your own savior kind of thing, like dig your way out, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Yeah. Kitchen environments are tough, dude. I just, I've been front of the house, but I've gone back there and like the amount of stress that goes on in the back of the kitchen, like you don't get yelled at by customers, but you get blamed for a lot of shit even servers blame it on the kitchen too just be well, like oh what? they totally forgot your food and really like stacy was picking her nose at the register instead of bringing in their order you know <laughs> so there's that <laughs> I, de- I mean i definitely get mad at sir and it's it's it is like it's high pressure because like you've got people who are da- breathing down your neck like get the food out why is it still there and then so like now you're mad so you're transferred that to the servers why aren't you running your food get it out of here and just mm-hmm. it, just the cycle, you know, of just like I don't know, everybody being mad at each other all the time. It's yeah, and it's it, it was really toxic for a long time. And and we when we closed down for the pandemic, uh, we went to takeout, and we like everybody we didn't like left essentially, and and that was just like a really close group of people that were like we've worked together really closely. It was like oh, we don't have to be mad at each other all the time. Wow, like this is. <laughs> way nicer weird yeah. what just open lines of communication does for a whole team of people yeah and when you're kind of all stuck in the same boat and you're like relying on each other for information and you know it's like oh these are these are who your real friends are when they're when you're all helping each other out like oh wow wild yeah it's so cheesy all that i mean it's real that cheesy stuff about like teamwork and helping each other out because I mean, if you're just like a selfish dick, it really doesn't do anyone any favors. Like there'd be servers that would go back there and like yell at the kitchen staff and storm out. And I'm like, they're purposely taking longer now because they hate you. Like they're in <laughs> charge. I would always be super nice and like run food and say thank you. And they would like make me food secret on the side while that chick is like, I ran my food an hour ago and you make it. And it's like, because you're a cunt. <laughs> no one likes you. <laughs> you're going to get cold ass food, even though it's burnt. I don't know. They're going to figure out how to do that and get to you. <laughs> We've got a special freezer oven just for that. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Conti freezer oven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh man, who sells that? Is that an Amazon product or is this a <laughs> thing? No, I think it's an as seen on TV. <laughs> Ron, <laughs> it's a Ronco device. I think. Do you wish but, your food was hot and cold at the same time? <laughs> I think they already made those things. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, those! Oof. My mouth is like burning, like blistering from even hearing Tostina's pizza rolls. <laughs> the roof of my mouth has a blister. I love. I am such a sucker for pizza rolls. It is so ridiculous. Where liquid it's like, hot magma. That's. Where it's like sometimes I don't. Hey, liquid hot magma. That's a shout out. Go listen to liquid hot magma. Uh, I don't know what day it is, but Shady Pines Radio. Check them out. They're so good. Uh, nice. <laughs> we go. We got. We got to do the ads. I mean, oh, it's soju hour, right? No, no, never. Hold on, no, no, never. Mind. I never have the answers to this. I'm very bad at being a person who does a radio thing. Uh, thank you for being you, Charlie. <laughs> oh, good. I just like now. I'm getting all these emails. Like, oh, I guess I have to pay attention to this. Great. Uh. Anyway, no pizza rolls. Uh, <laughs> I was, I wanted to say because like sometimes I'm like I don't have the energy and the time to for like pizza, and I'm just like, but pizza rolls. For some reason, that sounds more doable. It's it's odd, but it's Is so it weird true. that I would rather just have a calzone if I'm gonna do pizza rolls anyway. I would rather just fold a pizza in half. And staple it together. Apparently, <laughs> that is. <laughs> I I like very much a taco enjoy pizza so that I can shove it in my face more easily. I don't. None of this is healthy, guys. <laughs> we do not condone eating a pizza that isn't stapled together. I mean, only because the human body does not enjoy staples very much. Smirk Studio says stromboli in the chat. Oh, I fucking love stromboli. My mom's got a great recipe for it. Mm. What's stromboli again? What is that? You... Kind of? Kind of, but it's more kind of like um, a cinnamon roll type thing instead, because all of the, mm. the bread and the parts are rolled, and then you cut it into chunks, and so you'll get like little pieces like this thick mm-hmm. as spirals that are melty goodness. Ooh. Okay. I like That's that. a pizza burrito, says the Great Breaker 420. Pizza burrito. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, no, it, because it's just a tight spiral. It's not uh, like a pocket of shit. Pin, yeah. Pinwheel sandwich. Yes. yes. That, is, that is much closer. It's a hot mm-hmm. pinwheel sandwich. We're going to argue the finer points of what we can make a pizza into. Right. (laughs) Okay. Well, okay. So um, speaking of, you guys were, we were talking about uh, performing with uh, like under the influence and, and stuff like that. Losing your, don't like not losing your edge because you think you need to be. Uh, Mm -hmm. Anyway, have you guys seen on Netflix Queen's Gambit? No. Is a limited series. It's uh, just came out. I guess it's based on a book. I can't tell yet. It doesn't say based on a true story, but maybe it is. Uh, and I just recently watched the first episode. And essentially, it's about this uh, girl in Kentucky, like in the late 50s, who uh, becomes an orphan. 
and then uh, figures out she's really good at chess. And so she goes on to be a famous chess player. But the thing is, at, at this orphanage in the late 50s in Kentucky, they were giving all the little girls uh, tranquilizers. <laughs> and then all the, like they, then the girls were like hoarding the tranquilizers and taking a bunch of them. And the state found out, so they weaned them off. But all these little girls are then addicted to drugs, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> like going through like, a drill. So they would go to sleep. They were like, "All right, these kids are alive." So they'll so they'll be Focus. calm. So they won't like no, yell or sort of. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So and then they were like, "Or I could take a bunch at one time and get fucked up." Well, yeah. So yeah. like the end of the first episode, the main character like breaks in and like grabs the jar filled with pills and is like munching them down, and then she like ODs, of course. And she's nine years old. And Damn. So then... Uh, so this is not a fun show, is what I'm hearing. This is No, 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 no. Like, the, the mom... So apparently this her is, mom... This is not full she's... of chuckles, is what I'm, I'm sensing from the descriptions we've gotten so yeah. far. Uh, spoiler alert. Yes, yeah, spoiler alert to anybody. Uh, but, like, here's the thing. It's, it's, it is sad. Uh, some of it's kind of funny. But um, the, the main thing is it's kind of cliche, where it's just like everything you kind of just expect to happen does happen in some way or another. So not many. Okay. So more spoilers ahead, but like she's so smart because for some reason she's so smart in math class that the teacher sends her down to the basement to clean the chalkboard erasers. Right. And then, uh, because she's, she's, she finished her homework. Oh, okay. Or something. So she's like, "Go, don't like, don't bother me. Go, <laughs> go somewhere else." So she goes downstairs, and who would be downstairs? But the uh, the old gruff but kindly janitor who teaches her how to play chess. Of course, it, it's it just feels like very Mister Miyagi kind of like she got Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> that kind of. Thing. And and then it turns out she's a genius, and she's nine years old, and she's like, "Am I good enough?" And the and the janitor's like, to tell you the truth, you're astounding. Like, <laughs> and oh, it's just like every yeah, she like enters a tournament and she wins, and like the guy's like son of a bitch and just starts clapping. Just like every like every moment, you could just kind of see coming. Like, all right, yeah. was it a slow clap as you made it seem here? Like, did we get a slow clap? I mean, start? yeah, he just kind of starts by himself, and then the whole like crowd joins. So in. yeah, yeah. That's, it's, okay. It's it. This might just be me. I don't know, but that's just what it seems like. It's it's fairly good. I I do recommend it. It is interesting. Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit. Is that what and of, oh, and of course the the kindly gruff uh, janitor. Uh, like of course he's like I gotta teach you all the openings, and he, she's like, "What's this one?" And like it's like zoom in on his face. It's the Queen's Gambit. It's like, oh, he said the name of the show. He said the name. Roll wow. <laughs> oh, nice. We still yeah, don't know what it is. We never learned what it is. It's just, it's just Gambit just remind me of like British X Men or something. <laughs> There's so many like Queen shows that are about like the royal family. I was like, Queen's Gambit, huh? Maybe I'm just a dweeb, but I'm just like, excellent. Okay, I can relate. And then you're like, oh, you're playing chess. Like, well, didn't think that was going to be what it was about. <laughs> no, if this is not about people throwing cards at people, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> nope, maybe she'll throw the chess pieces. Those are heavier. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay, so that's... Because... Some weight behind it, yeah. 
one one yeah. of the scenes, it kind of looks like she has like mutant powers or something because uh, several scenes actually in the first episode, she's like laying in her bed in the orphanage dormitory with all the other girls in bed, and she's taking the tranquilizers, and then she like looks up at the ceiling, and she can picture the chessboard upside down, and then she yeah. can like picture the moves, and then she's like checkmate, like, uh, and then she's just she'll just like. Oh, uh, anyway, yeah. She'll <laughs> she'll just like not... walk away from the board in the middle of a game with people, like she's just bored, and she's like, "It's checkmate in three and just like she's nine years old. Nice. Huh. I mean, that's not a superpower, Charlie. Yeah. That's just knowledge. I mean, yeah, but I'm just, <laughs> the way the way it's portrayed is like, oh wow, she's so, but the drugs are is, is it the drug? And it's like. Of course, it's not the drugs. Like, anyway, whatever. Yeah, she can That's play chess good on tranquilizers. Damn. I can't play them good on uppers, so. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, are these horse like, tranquilizers? Ah, <laughs> they, I, I need to rewatch this, the second episode. They tell us what the pills are, but I missed it. Because um, her, her, like, she, I don't want to spoil too much. She gets adopted. Her, her <laughs> adoptive mother is also on the same drugs. Surprise, surprise. So she's stealing the drugs from her mom to play in tournaments. Mm. She, like, needs it for the tournaments? I don't know. She thinks she does. She thinks she does. Yeah. Mm. I I mean, I'm sure she's high anxiety now. Fucking. Yeah. You guys ever get really into, like, a game or something, though? And you, like, try and sleep, and you're, like, still seeing it or playing it? Like, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Clash Royale, I got really into that game on my phone over quarantine play with friends boyfriend my brother and my nephew got really into it but yeah i would play at night right before bed and i would try and sleep and i would be like playing a game still so i kind of related <laughs> that to the chess thing not as cool i wasn't like checkmate i was like oh me and my princess tower like I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> um i'm ashamed to say uh i have had dreams about um candy crush in the past oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because like I'd have like three different Candy Crush variations, like, and I'd run out of lives on one. Like, oh, better go to the other one. Like, so I was a Candy <laughs> I Crush never addict. Played from, that game. Oh god. Yeah. See, for me, instead of video games, it was work stuff. Like Taco Bell, I had definitely rolled burritos in my sleep. Yep. Like a girlfriend yeah. I had at the time, like said that my hands are moving while it's happening in my dream. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rolling burritos in my sleep. And I'm like, okay, well that's at least I'm staying in practice. I don't know what to tell you. My burritos are tight. Get off my case. <laughs> Dude. Oh man. Let me, okay. First off, I'm going to tell you, I, I can also roll a tight burrito from taco time experience. They, they made us practice. But anyway, uh, we'll have a, we'll have a roll off or something. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you guys should. Um, but <laughs> the, like the, we had the crisp at talk talk uh, talk time. They had the crispy burritos, like crispy beef or crispy bean or crispy chicken. And you put them in the fryer and you set a timer what? because, and they're like, you can go to four minutes. Like you have to have four minutes. If it goes over four minutes and they would really say this, they're like the burritos will explode. And we're just like, Oh, and we're like, we're, I was like 17. I'm like, the burrito's going to explode. So like the timer would go, go off like do, dude. And just like run over. Like get up right out, and so in my dreams, like my like my alarm clock would clock would go off, and I'm like the burrito, and I'd wake up, and I'd just like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. And the other one was working yeah. the drive-through. We have this, you know, the script. You know, everyone's yeah. got their script. 
thank you for choosing talk time how can i help you today and so i would answer the phone like that because i just just like mm -hmm. i mean hello yep and we had such a long phone script at natural groceries you couldn't say hello you had to say hello which store your name and what department so i'd be like hi thank you for calling natural grocers in east vancouver my name is amanda how can i direct your call it's like such a mouthful and I like after I stopped working there, I picked up the phone and I would like start to say all this shit that no one cared about. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I do not talk like that, <laughs> but you had to say it like that. Sometimes like corporate would call or like a district manager and like, hmm, Amanda answered the phone and she just said hi. And like, oh, <laughs> you know, but it's important. I guess. Amanda but, answered the yeah, phone. She was just a person. <laughs> yeah, she was way too normal. Didn't sound too robotic. What yeah. happened to our solo's corporate robot? <laughs> yeah, for real. I still get server nightmares, and they're very ridiculous. It'll be like all my jobs squished into one. Or um, people order things that have never been on the menu very confidently. So they'll be like, I'll take the spaghetti. And I'm like, sure. And I write it down. I go to the register, and I'm like, where the fuck is the spaghetti button? And everyone's like, we don't have spaghetti here. And I'm like, oh, my God. He was so confident. And then I go <laughs> to find that guy, and I can't find his table. And everyone's flagging me down for different things. And I'm still freaking about spaghetti guy. I don't know where the fuck he is. And I'm, like, lost because the layout's different. And the numbers are different. Like, I can't do my job, and it's so stressful. And I'll wake up and be like, I haven't been a server for, like, four or five years now, and I still get those dreams. I mean, I think it's because you've been a server for four to five years that you have those dreams. <laughs> That's Yeah. I know people who haven't been in the industry for, like, a decade or more, and they're like, Cause I still randomly get, like, a server nightmare where I can't drop off this ranch at the table that yelled at me about it. I'm just like, oh my god, fuck. So does this ever go away? Are you just scarred when you have to serve cranky people food? Probably. <laughs> my my grandmother was a teacher for like 35 years, and she uh, still has teaching dreams. She's, yeah. She's 81. She's just like, it, like it's horrible. I had to do I had to do lesson plans, and I had to grade all these tests, and I had, like class was starting. <laughs> and when she retired, she was the principal. Like it's. It's not like she had to oh, dang. do anything. So, anyway. I like how you're like, she was the principal, so it's not like she had to do anything, as the principals it's, just don't. It's kind of well known in, in my family that administrators just don't do anything. So, just tell me when someone fucks up. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm going to walk yeah. around and uh, talk to the kids in the hallway. I'm going to look official. Yep. That's kind of fun. It's not the dream, though. Work so hard that you don't have to work that hard anymore. It's not what we all want. I suppose. <laughs> yeah. I'd want yeah. to do with a job that I wasn't hated so much, though. Like, did any of you like your principles? Nope. <laughs> yeah. Okay, my principal, Mr. Collins, liked me, and he I was pleasant with him. But like it's I don't. Same. Yeah, if he was also he was also a linebacker that. for the uh, New England Patriots, and he has a Super Bowl ring. He was on the Super Bowl team. I don't think I'm not sure if he played in a Super Bowl, but he was there, like on the sidelines, kind of thing. I mean, I would probably not wear that ring if I wasn't in that game. Well, he doesn't wear, it, but he has it. Like he was there. He was in the anyway. 
just something interesting about my parents, my old principal. No, we had this, we had like a preparatory period, like to focus on graduation requirements because so many kids were having problems reaching graduation requirements. Mm-hmm. And you, you kept the same teacher for it for like the, your whole high school career. So my teachers were the principal and the vice principal. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so like once a month. We got to like see these these dudes like, hey, what's up? I had a principal at Christian school that was pretty cool, especially in comparison to I think she was just like the secretary, but she was fucking nutty, and she would always like try and send me in for stupid shit, and he would be like, okay, thank you, and as soon as she leave, he'd be like, it's fine. So I was like, all right, that guy's pretty cool. He just like I mean that's that not shit. bad, and she was like, she was like. A kiss ass, and she was like, "We could witch to the west." We would joke that music would play all the time because she would just like and like look for stuff to happen, <laughs> and would freak out about it. And they're just like, "All right." And even he was like, "Okie doke." So, I guess that was my only cool principal, just because I think he was just tired. <laughs> he just didn't care anymore. <laughs> He's chill. <laughs> I honestly, I think the only times I ever spoke with my principals were when I was in trouble. Other than that, they didn't know or care who I was. And that's it's most of how I liked my my adult interactions as a as a child. Is don't don't yeah. notice me, don't look at me, stay away. <laughs> you ever watch Arrested Development, Chris? Uh so I I remember watching it when it first was airing, but I know I didn't complete it. And then I remember trying the new season that Netflix put out and I did not enjoy how it even started and so I could not make myself finish it yeah it's better start to finish and it's like it's good writing but what you said reminded me uh and the other some episodes that are trash or you know whenever they wait too long to bring something back like a sequel or a show it's like too much time has passed it's kind of lost its groove they're doing it because they know they can get money and people who loved it will watch it but that doesn't mean it's good um yeah, I think it's in like the first couple seasons. There's this school that's, I forget what it's called, like like the Wilfred, I don't remember. I'm going to butcher the name, it doesn't matter. But the school is like where children are neither seen nor heard. It's like the whole yeah. thing. <laughs> Perfect. And uh, yeah, Buster, the youngest one, who's like a super weirdo, was so good at that that they didn't even know he graduated. He was like hiding all the time in all the photos. <laughs> very silly (laughs) it makes sense that I would be Buster yeah (laughs) oh that show's goofy I don't remember a whole lot about it but I will never forget the words Tobias Funke I don't (laughs) oh yeah I didn't know David Cross's real name for years but I knew who Tobias Funke was (laughs) He's one of the best characters. He's very ridiculous. Ugh. I do feel like that in Ozark. Um, oh, dang it, Jason Charlie! Bateman. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Jason Bateman is just being the same character he was from Arrested Development. I feel like he's that character always. He's always like the the sarcastic straight man. That's kind yeah. of his thing. He's good at it. But yeah. yeah. I was thinking about this the other day. It's like comedians and actors, you spend your whole career trying to find your voice. And then once you're good at it, 
you get typecast and pigeonholed, and then everyone's fucking sick of hearing it. You're like, oh my god, Will Ferrell's just Will Ferrell. It's like, yeah, he's been trying really hard to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're like, oh, it's the same shit. He just yells a lot. It's like, yeah, but that's his whole thing. I can't wait to get to a point in my career one day where people are like, ugh, Amanda Lindeel, she just says suck my dick all the time. It's like, yeah, I tried really hard to get you. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait for people to get sick of me. <laughs> it is funny. Once people find their voice for sick of hearing it, like, all right, we heard it. Get out. <laughs> yeah, real question, like... though. Do you like Will Ferrell in movies? Oh, yeah. I, I do think that after Anchorman, that was like his peak of Ron yeah. Burgundy was that character. And then he was that character in everything. So it was really cool to see him in the other guys with uh, Mark Wahlberg, because yeah. in that one, Wahlberg was the wild I actually one, did like that he one. was the straight-laced cop. And so that was like refreshing, because <laughs> he can play other roles. He's good in Stranger Than Fiction, playing a more yes. serious mm-hmm. role, too. A lot of these actors are diverse, but it's like once they find that thing, that's that's what they cast them for. Like... All right, you yell a lot, and you're overly confident, but you're dumb. Okay, Will Ferrell, got it. Uh, you know, so that happens a lot. Like, there's the movie Hot Rod, which is very yeah. underrated. Uh, but Andy so Samberg good. also loved him. Andy Samberg is oh, yeah. in that role, but it was written. It was written for Will Ferrell, and you can kind of see the similarities. Like you could see Will Ferrell playing that role pretty easy. But it's funny to see Andy Samberg playing that role. So it's like. You know, there's some things that people maybe aren't given a shot because they just think, Will Ferrell, that's who this is. And then someone else auditions, you're like, oh, holy shit, I guess other people can do other things. And, <laughs> you know, people can expand their horizons. <laughs> I think Hollywood just gets, like, stuck in that. That's who you are, and that's who you'll always play forever. Well, not only that, they're more of a business than an art at this point. So for yeah. them, it's cool. This is the thing that makes us money. Do this. And just keep mm-hmm. doing this. Yeah, until no one wants to see you anymore, and then you'll have enough money. Hopefully, you don't blow it on drugs and bad investments. You can just disappear. <laughs> and then come back in like a Tarantino movie. Quentin Tarantino always kind of pulls people who like we forgot about, and you're like, yeah. oh yeah, that actor, huh? Hmm, I haven't seen them in a fucking long time. So he's kind of good about that. My mom is kind of the same way where uh, as as Hollywood in this situation where like she swears up and down she does not like Jim Carrey. She just doesn't like Jim Carrey in anything. And I'm like, he's super talented and he's done so many things. And she's like, well, I like How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And I'm like, okay, so you can see that he's talented. She's like, well, and I guess I kind of like uh, Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, and the Truman Show? Like, how many times have we watched the Truman Show? It's like, Mom, just give it up. You like Jim Carrey. You keep watching his movies. It's okay. Yeah, like, You're allowed to like... She's like, but Dumb and Dumber was yeah. dumb. I'm like, you're allowed to think that. Yeah. <laughs> like, guess what? Dumb. Jeff Jeff Daniels, <laughs> who was in Dumb and Dumber, was also in, uh, what was it, Gods and Generals, the Civil War epic? Like, come on. <laughs> and the newsroom, the Sorkin drama. Come on. These guys can do whatever they want. They're talented. Yeah. Anyway. Maybe she just didn't like one Jim Carrey movie, and she's yeah. like, you know what? The Mask, not a fan. Fuck that guy. It's <laughs> like, but <laughs> there's so many other things. The mask is so good. <laughs> I was like, uh, I don't know. As I've gotten older, I've noticed that that, that one's a little bit problematic there. Uh, okay, yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time, so you're probably right. I feel like a lot of movies from your childhood, you're like, oh. Yeah. Oh. 
Yeah. I admit, it's, it's one I still like. I just have to recognize that Ipkiss is not... He's not exactly a hero. He's just better than the other guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, I mean, it's it's okay to acknowledge that there are bad qualities to something and still like it. Mm-hmm. I'm working on it, Charlie. That was a big... Oh my god. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for coming on. You and uh, Astra, who was in fact as adorable as advertised. Oh, cute. cute whopper. <laughs> okay. She's All like, right. Mom, you're running my life. <laughs> yeah, she's cute. <laughs> she's a brat. I had a lot of fun. It was great being here. It was fun chit-chatting. Awesome. Shit. And it was nice seeing you again. It's been a minute yeah. somehow. <laughs> Has. No, Chris, that's another radio show. We can't take that. Sam Sanders has that copyright. Oh, yeah. We can't say that. <laughs> well, Sam Sanders be on the podcast. Fucking <laughs> Dude, I would in a second. Come on, Sam Sanders, please. I'll send this to him and, and we'll we'll get something going. Yeah, we'll we'll make this happen. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And everyone who tuned in to the stream, uh, thank you especially. And uh we'll kick it next week. Bye. special thank you to our guest Amanda Lynn Deal for hanging out with us and bringing your super cute dog Astra for to, to, to also hang out with us uh, you know to any of our future or our past guests if you want to bring on cute animals you can just do that that'd be great if you want to find any of Amanda's work you can of course find her on Facebook at Amanda, you know, facebook.com slash Amanda Lynn Deal or also on Instagram at the same thing Amanda Lynn Deal all one word. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Search everything and nothing. Uh, if you like what you hear, you can donate to us on Patreon slash patreon.com slash everything podcast. And uh, if you want to listen back to old shows, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also uh, contact us on Twitter, if you like. E underscore A underscore N underscore podcast. Or uh, uh, through email. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or if you'd like to be a guest. Everything and nothing 2020 at Hotmail.com. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening. As always, you can listen to us right here 
on Shady Pines Radio every week. See you guys. And like once it starts getting to like a nice, like solidly mellow flavor, you just.